Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers, up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Back with you once again on another Sunday night. Thank you very much for choosing to spend your Sunday with us. We massively appreciate it. As always, as we go through this evening's episode, get your comments in the live chat as we talk about Wanderers. I mean, you'll have to make your own summary of whether it was a good through at one point or a not so good point. Um, but it was a point all the same against Charlton, athletic at home. So without further ado, we will get stuck into this evening's episode of the Fans on Podcast. So, of course, <laughs> of course, joined this evening by myself, Chris, Colin and Ange. How are we all doing this evening? Chris, how are you? Buzzing. Great to be Buzzing. back. A little, well, I didn't I mean, I didn't... A Yeah, I didn't miss one. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> one or two. <laughs> Yeah, Ange, how are you this evening? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. That's that's a bonus, isn't it, Ange? It's not often I am at the minute, so oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Colin, how are we doing this evening? Still unbeaten, aren't we? So yeah, absolutely buzzing. Just well, yep, we are. We are. Is it is it one loss in eleven? We're uh, currently yeah. currently tallying. Wheels. You want to thoughts, though, would you? Jeez, well, we uh, we won't divulge too much into that. But um, as always, thank you very much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you for everyone joining us in the chat this evening. We can see a few familiar names and some new ones. Good evening oh. to you all. Hope you're all having a sterling Sunday evening. And thanks once again for choosing to spend it with us. But before we dive into our... Post-match reactions for Charlton. We are joined this evening by a special guest. Um, for those of you who, who didn't know, we're joined this evening by the author of uh, Total Belief, Chris. Um, so we'll bring Chris in now. Uh, no, not <laughs> it's, it's a different Chris. It was too bad and two Chris's this pod. I know we're uh, <laughs> need to uh, sort of bring someone in with uh, some different names. I think Chris, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, for those of you who don't know, Chris, I'll let you take the floor away. Tell us a little bit about you and, of course, uh, your book, which is Total Belief. Yeah, so um, I'm a long-term Wanderers fan. Um, I'm not actually from Bolton, uh, but my first game watching Bolton was was actually Bruce Rioch's first game uh, as manager against Huddersfield. Uh, and really, I, that that era was kind of what what attracted me to Bolton, to, to you know, Burnham Park, Bruce Rioch. It was all about that, really. Um, and so, fast forward thir- nearly 30 years, um, I was reading a book a couple of years ago written by Mike Keegan, uh, who's a journalist for the Daily Mail wrote a book called This Is How It Feels about Oldham Athletic. Um, and it was sort of a similar era, end of the 80s. Um, really enjoyed the book. And I thought somebody must have written a book like this for the Bruce Rioch era because it was such a special time. Um, and I went on Amazon, had a look, and, and there was nothing there. So I thought, 
I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. I'll, uh, I'll have a go at writing my own book. And that's kind of how the book came about, really. Fantastic. So, of course, it's, it's all based on Bruce Rioch and his, his time with Wanderers. But tell us a little bit more about the book, sort of what it covers. I, I mean, when did this start for you? How long have you been sort of having it, had it in the works for? Um, I've had a, a bucket list for a long time. And one of the things was to, to, to have a book published. Um, I've tried a couple of times to start writing various books about travel and, and cooking and things. And it's never really took off. And then after I'd read that book by Mike Keegan, I thought that sort of style would really suit the Bruce Rioch era. So probably started it about, um, it was in lockdown, really. I started putting pen to paper. But it's only in the last two years where I managed to get interviews with some of the players and then suddenly it started to take shape and, and obviously a publisher got interested in it and it's kind of rolled from there really so it's probably been a, about two years from from sort of really getting into the start of it fantastic um, and uh I, I mean there's a, a couple of questions coming in through the chat uh, one of them i mean one of the first ones was how much is it and, and when does it come out yeah, so it's, it's available now to pre-order. Um, it's uh, I think the, the retail price is eighteen ninety nine, but it's available for sixteen ninety nine at the moment. Uh, you can get it from from Amazon, but um, you can buy it from my own website as well, which is total belief square dot site. Um, commission wise, I get a lot more if you buy it from me than, than I do if you get it from Amazon. So please buy it from my site if you do want to buy it. Um, and oh, yeah, don't buy it from Amazon then, yeah. Don't buy it from Amazon, yeah. Yeah, um, but it's. It's um it's officially released on uh, April the fifteenth. Excellent, fantastic. For any of you who who are interested in getting your hands on that, there is a link that's been posted in the YouTube comments and on Facebook. If you're watching over there, um, to the site. So if you want to get your hands on it, then you can do exactly that. Just tell us a little bit, Chris, about the, the sort of the process of writing it. What has what has it sort of unlocked for you? Because obviously, I imagine the people reading it will get a trip down memory lane. But what was it like for you writing it? Yeah, so it, it, it was a real trip down memory lane. So first of all, it was sort of putting down my own memories of that era. And then it was going doing some research at the Bolton Library and looking at uh, past editions of the Bolton News or Bolton Evening News as, as it was then and, and getting the match reports and so on. Um, and then really it was about getting uh, in contact with the players, which um, which Mike Keegan in his book, he's, he's, a, he's a journalist. He had access to, to all the sort of people at, at Oldham Athletic for his book. Um, whereas I haven't got those contacts. So it was, a, it was really a troll through social media and trying to find one or two players. And then from there, it kind of uh, just rolled on from there where they would give me contacts of other people. So I ended up interviewing quite a lot of the players and Colin Todd. Um, I interviewed Barbara Higson, who was, who was the wife of Dave Higson, who was a big, big figure oh, of that wow. as well. Um, cause it, I wanted it to feel authentic from, from that sort of era. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just getting in touch with all those, all those players um, the, the big disappointment from it all was I wanted to get Bruce Rioch involved because clearly the, the book is about him. Mm. Um, and from some of my early interviews, it became obvious that he'd become a bit of a recluse. Colin Todd sort of doesn't really keep in touch with him anymore, which which was a bit heartbreaking, really, because you kind of imagined him being best mates and going for a beer every weekend with, with yeah. Colin. Um, so I ended up becoming a bit of a stalker um, and I tracked down uh, his wife, Jane, to, to Falmouth in Cornwall um, and did a bit of stalking on Facebook and I found one of his neighbours. So she put a little note on his car and said, uh, you know, could you contact Chris? Anyway, nothing came back. So I then wrote him a really nice letter sort of saying how, how I was writing the book and I'd love to get in touch with him. Nothing came back again. I tried contacting his son um, on, on LinkedIn. Again, nothing. At this point, I'm starting to think that Bruce is probably not going to get in contact with me. 
Um, I then managed to get his, uh, his landline number from a journalist contact. Um, and I spoke to his wife. She took all my details. But again, the call never came back. Um, and then I spoke to Bruce's brother and he gave me his, uh, his new landline number. So I phoned him again. <laughs> Chris, Chris, uh, sorry. Can, can I interrupt you? You're, yeah. not, um, you're not a salesman by trade, are you? I'm not at all. No, I'm a professional stalker, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want anyone finding in the country, just give us a shout and I'll uh, probably That's be quite good doing it. It's weird, though, because obviously, I mean, this is very, I mentioned it in, in a post earlier, this is very much from my era. I'm quite disappointed that you didn't interview me, Chris, actually, because I used to uh, work in a kiosk at the front of Burnham Park right. in the Rioch era, selling programmes. Story. I won't go into the story. We'll, I'll, I'll tell you over a pipe one day, maybe, when it's the Belter. Uh, but anyway, um, and it's quite strange that given the success that Bruce had with Bolton and what he did with the club, and you, you mention it, it's it's in on the cover that how Bruce Riott brought the good times back to Bolton Wanderers, and he very much did, and then obviously went on to manage Arsenal for that period of time. That ever since that era, there's been no sort of, you know, he's never been a pundit on anything, he's no. never been interviewed. The word that you use... It's exactly what I thought, which is recluse. It's bizarre. Yeah, but, but quite a few of the players said that, that, that he just seemed to sort of disappear. And I think he's just, he's obviously retired. He, he did a bit of work, I think, with Falmouth Football Club at one point. Um, right. and, I, and I think he's just just off the radar. But um, I eventually did get his number from one of the players, his, his mobile number, and I messaged him. And it was one of them WhatsApp conversations where you message someone and then you see they've read it. And then there's nothing. And I waited for about a week. And then eventually he did reply and said, I'm really sorry, I can't help you. But I wish you all the best with the project. So at that point, I thought I'd better leave it. But I am, I am going to send him a copy to the... Um, brilliant, I'll certainly to his neighbour who might put it on his car windscreen. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's certainly persistent. Um, Very persistent. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like a good read. Sorry, Ben. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I, I've, I've tried to like I've tried to include like there's music from the era, there's the sort of references to things in the town that were going on at that time as well. So I, I, hopefully, if, if wow. people, I mean, I'm not a professional writer. I'm sure people will pick holes in it and say, well, that's not true, or that bit didn't happen, or whatever. But most of it has come from from the the, the mouths of the players, um, and and that and that was interesting. That quite a few of the players, when they recalled things, it's 30 years ago. They they weren't all right. So you know, Jason McAteer in his book, which I read. He talks about certain things that happened, and you look back at the records, and it's it's not true. And I think it's a long time, and people have, have been through a lot since then. And so, I think an awful lot of it is is probably not, you know, I think most of it is as accurate as it can be. Um, but I want it to be more of a, a nostalgia trip. So I don't want people pointing out saying, "Well, that bit's factually incorrect." I want it to be more of a take you take you back to that era because it was just such an amazing time to you know the, the stadium, just the the coming back from having been relegated to Division Four. It, it was just, it was the rebirth of the club and everything that happened since, you know, Colin Todd, Sam Allardyce, not, none of that would have happened if it hadn't have been for that, that Bruce Rioch era. So I think even for fans who, who weren't around then, who, you know, younger fans, yeah. there's still yeah, something yeah. in there to, to sort of look at and see what, what happened at that time because it was, it was magical. That's, was. A, that's yeah. a question for the Bashikers, actually. Um, obviously, we do have quite a few younger uh, viewers who, who watch and listen to the podcast. Can you give um, a bit of an insight into kind of maybe some of the names that you've interviewed or some of the kind of like the USP, so to speak, you know, for for people yeah. who want to pick it up? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things for, for, for younger fans today, there's so many parallels with, with what's happening now. You know, the club had hit rock bottom. They got a new manager in. Uh, the, the, the connection with the fans. I mean, there's little stories in there about the, the players going out and serving cups of tea to people queuing up for, for FA Cup tickets. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the feel that's come back there with, with you know, you, you see that on, on, on social media, the players posing for pictures with the fans. That didn't happen under the last couple of regimes. And, and it's gone from being toxic and, and, you know, the Reebok Stadium or whatever you want to call it these days, it's, it's we've 8,000 people and it's not a good place to be. And, and that's where we've been, you know, we've been in a difficult time and now it's buzzing again. There's 20,000 in there. There's a real feel good factor about it. And, and all of that is exactly what happened there. And, and, you know, the, the players of the era, um, you know, like I, I interviewed an awful lot, Colin Todd, Mixu Pataline and uh, John McGinley did the forward for the book. I had, I had two or three hours with him, uh, you know, David Lee, another local name that's, that, again, he's, he's been associated with the club fairly recently. Uh, Jimmy Phillips. There was loads of them. And, and for, for me as a fan, to, to, to sit and talk football with those people was like surreal. But the fact that all of those people, not, not one of them, had anything negative to say about the club. You know, even, even you know, David Lee and, and, and Jimmy Phillips, who, who sort of been at the club and left the club, Everything they talked about was just passion, passion, passion about the club. And you know, Mixu Patalain, he, he hadn't done anything to do with the club for for thirty years, and yet he just spoke so fondly about his memories of the club. It was just, it was, it was unbelievable. It was really heartwarming to read all that. And I think as a, as a fan, even if you don't know that era and you don't know the story, it's really important as to as to where we've come from in the last you know thirty years. Yeah, absolutely. There's a a lot of fans in the in the comments saying that it was some of their best years as a Bolton fan. So for those of you who can relate to that or want to find out a little bit more about how we got to where we are now, then it sounds like a great read and you can pick it up, of course, there. As we uh, the, the link that's popped in the chat, you can get it over there if you buy it via the, the website and uh, and do Chris a little favour. Uh but yeah, if you uh, um, can we just ask Chris Burns' question? Because I am intrigued as to how you became the mascot of the Catalan Dragons. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the, the, the short version of it. So uh, I mentioned about having a bucket list about writing the book. So also on the bucket list was to, to, to become a mascot. Um, and I've been watching Catalans a few times. So I wrote to the club and said, you haven't got a mascot in England. Could, could I be your mascot? Um they didn't reply for about eight months and then they did and said, we'd like you to take, take up on your idea, but you can't have the costume because it's too expensive to fly it over from, from France. So I had to buy a costume. Now, the costume makers in the UK, there's three costume makers who do all look like Loft of the Lion and all the, all the costumes. The, the cheapest price I got was three and a half grand. Now, it's a bucket list, but I'm not paying three and a half grand to, to do a mascot thing. So I, I put a picture of, of the dragon that they use in France on uh, Alibaba, which is a sort of Chinese uh, eBay, if you like. And various factories in China were bidding against each other to, to win the, the work. Yeah. So I ended up with this Chinese factory, £300. Um, and they sent me a picture of a, a Chinese lady who was about five foot tall in this like polystyrene suit saying, uh, do, do you like the costume? So I said, yeah. So I sent my £300 off. Um, and if I'm honest with you, I thought it was £300 down the drain, but it was worth a shot. And then about, probably about eight weeks later, um, two big boxes arrived and uh, and it was the costume. So I ended up doing all of the Catalan games in the UK. I've been over to, did it at the New Camp when they played in, um, against Wigan at the New Camp. Done Magic Weekend, done the Grand Final at Old Trafford. So yeah, it was just a bit of, did it for about four years. Um, 
just something to do, really. My, my wife reckons I've got ADHD and says I just That was the book, really, just to keep me occupied. So I'm looking for something new now. So if anyone's got any uh, suggestions to keep me busy for the next couple of years, just uh, send them <laughs> oh, through in the comments. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, and yeah. Like we said, no, it's, it's our pleasure. And like we said, if you want to get your hands on that book, then you can do exactly that. But thank you very much for joining us, Chris. We massively appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank, thank you. you. We look forward to reading. That's mega. Blah, blah, blah. So, so <laughs> back to the football then. We will now, of course, get stuck into our post-match reactions. So, Wanderers hosted Charlton Athletic at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium yesterday uh, in what was a, I think in the end, a hard fought point. Um, the resounding, I think, feeling was that scoring three goals at home should be enough to win you a football game. Fortunately, that wasn't the case for Wanderers uh, and the points were shared. We'll hand over... Colin, unfortunately, I'm going to steer away from you because I feel like you're bursting. So you just need to come, come down a little bit, Chris. We'll go to you first. What did you? Uh, what did you make of the game? You, you can have your turn next. You just need to <laughs> simmer, simmer a little bit. Uh, I don't know what. Oh God, where do you start? How do you unpack that? Um, obviously. Honestly, I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't even know what to say. About yesterday, um, it was a contrasting game, definitely a game of two halves. Let's get that right. Um, it was bizarre. I think at the end, when the stats came up on the LED screens that we've got, where's the other two, by the way? Um, <laughs> Don't start. What? <laughs> um, Uncle Neil said um, that... We had the same number of shots on target, but double the shots on goal. Um, and I think that spoke volumes that not not that Charlton were particularly um, clinical, but some of our defending was madness, suicidal at times. Um, I'm not going to hang out any particular player, I thought, as a collective. And you can put the goalkeeper into that collective as well because, obviously, there's a communication line between the centre-halves and, and him. Um, but, yeah, it was a mag... I, if anybody thought it was going to be 3 all yesterday and can say that hand on heart, then put it in the chat. And I won't believe you anyway. Uh, My little brother, in all fairness, who is 11 years old, said right before the game it was going to be 3-3, and I looked at him and thought he was daft, but <laughs> come the end of it, I was like, fair Mont enough. <laughs> Gary Montpod. Gary Montpod. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know what? I can see why people are don't say panicking, be becoming really, really negative about it, because I don't think we've been particularly... 
um, out of cells for, for for a while, but the, you know, there's some very good reasons for that. I mean, you saw it yesterday. There was no the whole spine of the team was missing. Um, Rico at the back, Dion in attack. Can't sing that anymore. <laughs> still um, are doing that. Uh, you are. <laughs> we still are doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like singing about Cogley at Northampton. You weren't even on. Yeah, we were playing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we've been hit hard, but it's part and parcel. Look at Pompey, you know, they, they've had it equally as bad, but it does affect how you play and it's affected us how we play. Um, but I'm not panicking yeah. yet. No, Colin, just on that note, in terms of bodies being missing, how much of an impact do you think that has made? And, and has it perhaps given you a bit more optimism? coming away from that result, knowing that we've still managed to secure a point with, with people missing? It's it's monumental. There are four best players. Simple as that. Oh, all right. There are four more cons most consistent players this season in terms of performance. So it's never going to be a walk in the park, is it, when you don't have them four at your disposal? Um, I mean, they'll come, they'll come back and, and we'll... We're, I mean, we're still, we're still, we're not losing games, are we? Still, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about it like we've dropped outside the playoffs or something drastic. We, you know, we're still what? What is it? One defeat in eleven or something like that? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, believe so. Yeah, one yeah, seven, drawn three, lost one in eleven. Twenty-four yeah. points in eleven games, which is one more than Derby and one more than Pompey. Well, there you go. And when you consider out of them games as well, we've had players missing, and these players that we're talking about now, with the exception of, of course, uh, Dion, who's that was his first game yesterday that he missed, weren't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 won't, I won't panic. I'll be honest with you. I think we've we've got a good enough squad. I think the players will come back within, <coughs> excuse me, no time at all, and and we'll be winning football matches again. And it could very well be come the end of the season that that point is looked at as a a good point under the circumstances. And I did tweet that yesterday after the game and that was my immediate reaction. Uh, I did put CUD in huge capital letters. Um, because sometimes, you know, when, when you're against it, like we are at the moment in terms of personnel and you still pick up results. I thought it was really good character as well to come from me, from behind twice with, with them players missing um, yeah. like we did. Uh, so that deserves a bit, a bit of kudos. Yes, the defending was absolutely shambolic. You know, I can't. You can't move away, get away from that. But I watched it back earlier on today, and with Sanchez in the team, them situations simply don't occur. Absolutely. Fact, I've been I've been waxing lyrical over him for the best part of twelve months now, Anna. So you all know my opinion on on Rico Santos and how important he is to us. Uh, and anybody yeah. who doesn't doesn't see that um, could do with going back to the drawing board when it comes to football. Indeed. Will uh, in the chat has said not too many positives to take yesterday, but the atmosphere being a world apart from choosing yeah. that first is Wickham was one. Very good show. Jack has said it's a good point, but two points dropped, conceded two terrible goals. He's not having that the goals were Coleman's fault. The first he could have claimed, but expected Toll to head it, and the second ball went through loads of bodies. Yeah. Um uh, lots of comments on the uh, defending, and of course, Jack again has picked up hugely missing Rico and Baxter. Need them back ASAP. The leadership is missing from that back line, which is, of course, very, very, very noticeable. Um, 
Ange, we'll we'll hand over to you. What did you make of 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 the game as a whole? And are you are you of the mindset that it's two points dropped or or a valuable point earned? I'm kind of like a I'm like a coin with it. So like a what? A coin. Right. All right. So I, I very much I very much flip at the minute between thinking because that spine of the team is missing, because we've got new players bedding in, because we've got some suspensions and stuff, it's actually a good point. But on the day, we could have mm. won it. So it feels like two dropped. So I'm I'm constantly flipping. I'm kind of with Colin that I'm not panicking. I, recall, hopefully back this week, maybe. And I just think that defence needs some. They're lost. They, they just look lost. And I the think that captain. will be the difference. The they need a captain. The captain. Yeah. They're missing the captain. They're missing Especially the Coleman. He needs that in front yeah. of him. And I, I think it'll, it'll, be, it'll be far. He'll feel far better in that in between the sticks. Um, we've so, got to remember as well with Coleman, he's a he's a second choice keeper in League One. Like, give the lad a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's certainly um, easy. You look at the circumstances uh, of the game, and you look at it like that. It's probably a, a good point earned. But then again, as you said, you look at the game on the day, and and. We did enough going forward to win it, so it does feel like two points dropped when you look at it like that. Moving a little bit away from reactions to the match, we'll hand over to you, Ange, now, and you can do your fan zone man of the match. I don't even know this is going to go today, you know. So... Mm. Pop it in the chat. Give us a bit of a if you if you've got the, the, the time, tell us why you've voted for this person as, as man of the match. Um and then we'll we'll go over to the panel and start with I think maybe Colin did a Ooh. Tina's Ben you'll start. <laughs> asked for a while. Um, it's a tough one. Um I would say none of the back five. Um Although Ashworth's delivery for the first goal was pretty special, in fairness to him. But as a collective, I thought they were all over the place. And like I said, I think they're missing the captain. Um, I would probably say that Dempsey played pretty well overall. Um, started the game well, ended the game pretty well as well. Um, but I adore the lad, Paris Magoma. I think he's a phenomenal footballer. I think the stick he gets is unjust. I think when touch was flash, if we get promoted um, to the championship, he's the perfect player to lead us forward in the championship. Simply because that um, need and desire that fans have for fan, for for players to put the foot in isn't really a thing anymore. The higher up the pyramid you go, and he is the perfect footballer uh, in our style and our DNA to take us forward and hopefully we can get him on a on a 12 months loan or something from Brentford and, and, and allow him to flourish in the championship because I think he will I think he's a great footballer I think yeah he was man of the match for me yesterday his goal was fantastic you're not going to see a better finish than that anywhere in the, in the country um, and he, he just took the mick out of the lad then he put him in his ass twice so yeah <laughs> he, deserves man of the, he deserves man of the match for that alone he's great I love him 
but yeah, Paris. Brilliant. Thank you, Colin. Um, ben? Um, in all honesty, Colin has just summarised everything I was actually going to say already. I thought yeah, Dempsey yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, were, there was not many to choose from, is there? It's going to be any of the midfield. Um, and, and possibly, you know, you look at Victor for, for his first half performance. But to take that, to give someone man of the match for 45 minutes while played over, someone who was somewhat consistent throughout both, it feels a little bit harsh. So for me, Paris takes it. I thought he took his goal really well, drives us forward, does something no one else does. He carries the ball really well. Um, and yeah, I thought he'd, he, he'd earned that goal. Uh, he, he deserved it. What was the crap with Victor? He got poked in the eye or something? Poked in the eye, that? yeah. His uh, vision was a little bit funny. <laughs> um, um, who's left? Sorry, Chris. Cheers. Um... <laughs> It's a weekly thing now, this. Um, my man of the match. It's getting a bit predictable, but um, I think you, you're all wrong about leadership um, because I thought he showed it in spades yesterday and I thought his performance was excellent. Um, yeah. I think we should get him back on the pod. I'd love Jack to. Jackie Jones. I just, thought he was, I just thought he was excellent yesterday. Um I take your point, Colin, about some calamitous defending, and there was. Um, but I thought overall they had an excellent game again. Um, yeah, I was mainly, I was mainly referring to the unit, Chris. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Paris played really well yesterday. His goal was superb. Um, people keep focusing on the very, very similar opportunity he missed that he skewed. Horribly wide, but that is what you're going to get with players like Paris because he's going to be trying something a little bit different. Um, but I thought he was in and out of the, a game, of the game a little bit too much for him to be a candidate for me anyway. I thought he was brilliant, but uh, yeah, for me, yeah. Fab. So um, in the chat, we've got shouts for Cam Jam. We've got quite a few shouts for Paris. Couple for Kyle Dempsey, one for Joel Coleman, and then one for Gethin. Um, oh, well Johnny. I am. <laughs> I am going to go because of the change in him this week. Because, and I said this to Chris on the way out, that he definitely feeds off positive energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He absolutely thrived off us getting behind him yesterday. And, oh, there's another one for Geth. Sorry, I missed that one. Um, for me, it was Paris and Magoma. Good. Good chance. Good chance all round. Um, I mean, as you said, Carl, I think going into the championship next season, he's uh, he looks like he's got what it takes. Um, so, yeah. <coughs> but without further ado, we will move on and we will get stuck into Carl's pre-match presser. Track. Oh, hang on. Is it just mine or is there no music on the old? Yeah, there was. Yeah, you lost your soundtrack. The horse has unmuted your mic. What are you doing, Benja? Uh, for some <laughs> reason, usually when we play those little clips, it mutes us all, but it decided it didn't fancy it tonight. Oh, oh, oh. sorry. Uh, if any of us coughed or anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we didn't. I was listening intently. Um, right, so I think this is obviously this is the, th- the third time in it that I've attempted to do this um, with Cambridge United, and hopefully um, it'll be the, the the last time for a while we'll be playing them uh, away from home. But of course, we do play them again in a couple of weeks' time, so it'll be four times we'll be doing some kind of preview for. Oh. Cambridge game. Do you want um, to just apologise for your sound, Colin? Because it yeah, is, you're really it's, quiet. It is really quiet. Um, okay. I don't know if you can get your device closer to you, but a few people have commented and it does sound a little bit like you're on a train, I would say. Is that any better? <laughs> oh, yeah. a little bit better, yeah. A little bit better. Uh, I've, I've just turned your volume up a little bit, Carl, so you should be good to hear. Oh, okay. Well, that might have been, that might have been Ben's, uh, Ben's end then, possibly. Um, yeah, so fixture attempt three against... Um, Cambridge United. Um, again, this is the first um, fixture uh, for a while, I guess, against these. Joking. Um, fixture with Cambridge was uh, back in 1980, the first time we were played, was a 6-1 victory. Uh, in that time, we've won seven, uh, drawn eight, and lost four. Um, last game at the Abbey was 0-0, back on the 12th of November 2022, which Chris has reminded me on a couple of occasions was a bit of an awkward game. I think Carl Dempsey got sent off, Chris, that game, did he? Yeah, it was horrible. Can you cast <laughs> your mind back to that fixture and give us a bit of an insight into what that day it was, was like? It was dire. It was dire. It was marginally better than the season before when we lost 1-0. <laughs> um, and that was possibly one of the worst away games I've ever been to in terms of performance. Right. So it was a bit better than that. Um, oh, it was awful. <laughs> It was dreadful. But in terms of recent performances from Wanderers, does there, is there any com- comparisons in that respect? No. Because of, no. It's We've in, moved yeah. on. We, I think it it, 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 for me, puts into perspective how much we have moved on. When, when I think back about performances like that, yeah. I mean, Northampton wasn't great, but still it was, yeah, diff- different life time. And, and that's exactly why I'm asking you. You know, I want to I make the point of the fact that we haven't, you know, progressed so much, you know, since November of 2022. Do you get what I mean? When we're playing yeah. these teams. So it's easy to forget really how far we've come in, in a relatively short period of time, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we all know the reasons why pressure's on this season to get promoted. I mean, they started that themselves, didn't they, the hierarchy by, by saying that was the goal. So, it, you know, it forms its own pressures, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's important to remember how far we've come since we, you know, we, we draw nil nil with with Cambridge um, back in that, in November of twenty two. Um, they're currently sixteenth in Skybet League One. Um, over the weekend, they travelled to Carlisle United and they won four nil with Elias Kachunga getting on the score sheet. For those who don't know, um, in great. Also, sorry, you're the great header. Yes, yeah, it was all right. yeah. It was all right. <laughs> Um, they've drawn two, won two, and lost two of the last six. Um, so a little bit inconsistent, I guess, when it comes to form. Um, they dropped off a little bit, actually. I think they'd lost two before the weekend, back to back. So I'm sure that that that, that win will, um, well, I guess it'll uh, give them a little bit of a boost because solidifying themselves, I think, in, in that mid-table, which is obviously, I'm guessing, from a Cambridge perspective, that's probably where they'll be happy to finish, I would imagine. Um, key men is I've, I've well I've put forward Lyle Taylor they signed from Wickham in January he's obviously a bit of a journeyman in, in, in the lower leagues but pretty proven centre forward at this level used to play for Charlton 
from Lowell, for those who, who remember him. And uh, Gassan Adane is 23, Moroccan. He's a top goal scorer with seven goals in 31 games. Um, so, yeah, we all know what we all expect from this game against uh, Cambridge on Tuesday night. It's a, it's a must win, simple as that. You know, it's, it's, it's like one of our games in hand. And when everybody talks about Wigan away and, and Barnsley away now, apparently how difficult they're going to be, then it proves the point that this is such an important game. And winning the game on, on Tuesday will enable us to go joint with Derby in second place. I think only on goal difference from what I recall. So, um, any thoughts ahead of Tuesday, Ben? Um, none other than what you've just mentioned. I think it's a must win. Uh, three points is vital. Games in hand. We've said it before. Games in hand count for nothing if you don't you don't win them. Um, then they be just just become missed opportunities. So yeah, has to be uh, has to be three points for me. It's perfect opportunity for the lads to rally, uh, 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 and you know, almost reinforce that that idea that we we're in this. You know, we're in our league position for a reason and we deserve to be there. So, yeah, for me, three points is a, is a must. Anything to add to that, Chris, Ange? No, I'll I'll touch on it in fan focus. There's a bit on this in fan focus for me. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just points on the board for those games in hand and it's three difficult aways on the bounce. Gotta be getting we've got to be pulling some points and for me the Tuesday the first one is the one that it hinges on. It, it's getting that momentum, isn't it? And and fingers crossed. I'm I'm nervous. Do we, <laughs> do we have question? Do we have to win all, all these games in Andrew Field? Not win it'll them feel all, hard but I think... not to. It'll 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 mm. feel like a harder job, won't it, if we don't, obviously. Depending on and I mean we can't we can't rely on other people's results, but essentially you, you do win football, but I think there was a good point made before. Um I think it was Matt Henrik made the point that we're talking about the Charlton result or our result against them on Saturday yesterday. Um to say whether it's a good, bad or indifferent result will be heavily shaped by their next two games, which are against yeah. Derby and Portsmouth. And that will yeah. give you a solid basis to work from to understand that is it a good result to draw them at home 3-3 three, three or not? Um, yeah, it'll certainly put perspective on it. I think I'm right in saying they've got uh, Portsmouth at home and Derby away, I think. From what I remember, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Just to answer uh, one of the questions, I think I saw Louise put in. None of us are going um, against Cambridge, Louise. No, not this. Not this. Definitely not. It's uh, it's it's lining up to be an important game and it's one that I'm sure we can all agree we need to take three points from. And for a little bit of a statistical analysis, we will, of course, hand over to our resident stat man, Cal. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, fans home. I am back once again. Bit of a makeshift setting this week, but, you know, we move. I am literally sat on a, an exercise ball, but the game of the game. We are here, as always. 
Uh, so Cambridge this week, rearranged because it was absolutely pissing it down last time. Probably shouldn't swear, but you know, it'll be alright. Uh, Cambridge is 16th. They got 38 points, you know, not too different from when you last played them. But since, uh, well, not played, but you know what I mean. Since that, that game, they got rained off. They got beat. Uh, they beat Carlisle 4-0 away from home, which is mega. But Carlisle are, are pretty crap. Uh, but the uh, game before that, they did get beat 3-1 at Portsmouth. But, you know, it's Portsmouth are quite good, to be fair. So, not too bad. Uh, they've scored 30 goals from 35 XG this season. I mean, they should have scored five more than they have. But they do average one goal a game, which is, I mean, that is... Would not want to be a Cambridge fan. Only nine, 19th in the league for goals per game, so... I won't say anything because of uh, Coleman. He had a bit of a stinker last time, but you never know. Uh, they concede 1.2 per game, which is only one, uh, which is only 0.1 more than Lambolton. So that, I mean, that is that is good to be fair. It's could easily be a a nil nil, but you know, I will <laughs> be right. Uh, Bolton will dominate the ball like normal, but uh, yeah, you expect that. They've got um, 12 clean sheets so far this season, which is fifth best in the league. I mean, it could easily be a nil-nil, but I won't cut it easily. But anyway, don't don't bet on it, don't bet. Um, they've won five pens, though, which is the sixth highest in the season. So, I mean, defence will have to be careful in and around the box. Uh, saying that, Cambridge will not try to intercept the ball. They're just going to sit off, sit back. So, yeah, Bolton will just be able to play the ball completely. Uh, they average less than 10 interceptions per night. I mean, that is... Nothing. Lowest in the league, believe it or not. Uh, the main danger man is Danny Andrew. He is he's probably the best player from left-back. Expect a couple of long shots from him. So, you know, Coleman will be tested. Let's put it that way. And he didn't have the best game last time, but he's a, he's a decent keeper, isn't he? I mean, I'm, I, might be, I might be unpopular for saying that. But I think it'll be interesting. Uh, he's very good at long balls as well, and he's one of the best crosses in the league. Very creative. 36 chances created from left back, you know, that is nothing to be to be sniffed at and he's quite good defensively as well. So it will be an interesting game. Let's let's see what happens. No no puns this week, I'll let you off. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Wonderful delivery from our resident stat man as always. We appreciate him very, very much. That of course was Callum giving you your statistical overview of our upcoming game against Cambridge. Um I must say I saw Liam's comment in the chat um saying if he slips off that medicine ball I'm gonna lose it. And I think that just would have made everything so much better. Um so if you could perhaps script one of those in next time, Callum, that'd be ace and we'll pretend that we don't know it's coming. But we'll uh, we'll move away from Callum's statistical preview and we'll hand over to you, Chris, for a little bit of a, a chat in your fan zone fan focus, shall we? I don't think I've seen the comments as busy. Oh yeah, madness. Honest to God, I just, just sorry, just a bit of a diversion. We, we massively, massively appreciate it. There's plenty oh, of ways you could be spending your Sunday evening, and so for you to choose to spend it with us, we appreciate it. This isn't our podcast, it's your podcast. So you getting involved, sharing your thoughts, comments, suggestions, feedback, 
that's what makes us do what we do. So thank you all very much for joining us. Can you feel the love oh. tonight? Can you not do that again? <laughs> um, where was that? Should we just, right. we just finish there? What? <laughs> should, we, um, should we just call it night? Promo yeah. 67 and Vintage White with tonight's point. Um, and a segue into a bit of Luke Robinson as well. Um, so we've spoke about three games in hand. Um, Have we? No, just, you know, you've got three games in hand. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll look at the vintage white point, which is the three upcoming away games, which are just previewed Cambridge, Blackpool, three points. and Wigan. Three points. Ah! Right. So Colin's going for nine. Angela? Oh, I don't like it. It's only no, a game, like isn't it? it? It's only a game. Angela? Mm. How many points? I'll go five. Um, I'm going to be entirely honest. I think it'll be four points, and I think everyone will well and truly... Absolutely no, no. lose the red. Um, it, it will be. I, I, I honestly think it will be four points, and I think everyone will absolutely lose the red. What did your little brother think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, we'll have to get Mystic, Mystic brother on the job to find out. But I think four, and I think everyone will be well and truly just head blown. But we'll be fine come the end of the season, I hope. Right. I suppose I better give mine, Anna. Um, yeah. I'm going for four as well. <laughs> I thought I would be optimistic. <laughs> I'm gonna be happy with that. Uh, Luke Robinson says if Joel Coleman keeps a clean sheet at the DW Stadium, does he get a statue? No. No. Because <laughs> as Roy Keane says, it's his job. <laughs> He's doing his job. Yeah. Oh, we got we've got some um We've got quite a few comments coming into the chat about point predictions for the next three games. Get Liam's... them up on the screen, Ben. Get them on the screen. Liam says he'd take five. Matthew Penrick says seven. Seven. Heart... Radix Lecti, Heart says six. Head says four. Leslie, six. Boom. Nine. On, David, David, nine points for me. Go on, Chris David. Chris B with seven. Johnny Wanderer, normally quite pessimistic. Seven. Wow. So, interesting. We have got a fair old spread. Um, Monkey Magic, seven. Love that picture. Um, so, yeah. So, we've got a bit of a mixed bag. Um, obviously, we've got players coming back from injury. Excuse me, Rico and Dion. And attacking at the back. Yeah, we can get our song back on. Um, Will Forrest <laughs> was obviously on the bench. That that is big news. Yeah, it's good news that that is yeah. good big news because he yeah. has been up there this season when he's played. When he's had to step in, he's, he's been brilliant, ball. hasn't he? Yeah, he's had one of match a couple of times for us, hasn't he? Yeah, he's um, yeah. Easy Pressure. to forget. Isn't he's he's just to forget how, how, how much of an impact he's had him. When he's played, 
Yeah. Good, good, good young defender. Very yeah, good. Yeah, very, very good. Um, and unfortunate that we've not seen a consistent <laughs> run of games for him because I think he's just he's just going to get better and better and better. Just hopefully he's not injury prone um, and it ruins him. But um, but yeah, we have got players coming back, which is important. Um, George Thomason will be back soon as well. Um, it's, it's crisis. What crisis? So he's back for Wigan, George T, isn't he? Yeah, straight back in and straight back off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But it's one of those. It's one of those ones. I, I would. I would worry not with Georgie playing because he's so passionate. It would be a concern for me, like yeah. in that sort yeah. of a, a derby. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's it. Yeah, it's a, it, it's certainly a test of his um, of his mental acumen and steel. I, I, I'd honestly be very off. surprised if he starts right from minute one. Correct. I think, yeah. Given the fact that he's had a three-game suspension and we've had to move personnel around to accommodate that, you'll start to get a stability in that midfield again. And he will have he to... The, he was man of the match with Blackpool at home. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's, see, let's see what happens. <laughs> let, let's see what Mr. Everett does with his um, numerous changes. Um, and this one, Jesus... Uh, I'll show you my notes on this. It's it, it it's madness. I, I th look at look comments. at the level of look at the level of preparation that we go through. For these Best down writing. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <There's Ange. laughs> I've got stuff here. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, uh, Aaron Collins is fit. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, that's on Collins, I mean. Uh, yeah, IDST forever. <laughs> um, right, where do we start? Right, first of all, this comes from Carl. Sorry, Carl, if I get your name wrong, Carl McGuffey, which is a new name. Good for the welcome, segment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, Ace seen loads of new names popping up. Regular Leslie, Haley. Regular Mark, regular, thank you. And also from Fee as well, who came via a, a DM. So, uh, um, <laughs> so Mark says, um, we'll start with his comment, which was really identifying a breakdown in communication in that defense yesterday. I think we saw, I think I'll, I'll talk about two. The first goal, which Tolly should have dealt with, left it and it left Coleman high and dry. There yeah. was no way he could anticipate the fact that Toll wasn't clearing that out, which he yeah. would normally. Um, the hang on a minute, which one was it? Third goal, which is where Cogley was injured. Am I right? That was the third, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Wasn't a foul, but the defending thereafter. Wow. Uh, One of the very, very first things you get taught as a child is play to the whistle. Yeah. And we're guilty of it a lot. Not yeah. playing, stopping and waving our arms about. Yeah. 
frigging game for Christ's sake. It was it, it was calamitous. We'll put it we'll, we'll park it at that and move on. I I, I at the time thought Fury. that Joel Coleman from where I'm sat, I thought he should have saved it. It was crystal clear afterwards that he had no chance of saving it. Um, but that ball should have been going out anyway. That's so, that's, yeah, Rico gets rid of that, wasn't it? But, well. but but to counter that, and I won't, I'm not going to critique it too much. Gethin Jones, Owen Toll, Jack Idale, it, it's not the first rodeo together, is it? Mm, no, not, not by any stretch. No, you What's give going Geth, on you, there? you give Geth Man a match before. Say again. You give Geth Man a match before. Yeah, and rightly so. He deserved it. He was excellent. So what? Where does that come from? Where where did that moment? Which was it communication. was cops defending communication Awful. with keeper, keeper dictate, keeper dict organizes and dictates, doesn't it? You know, we'll move and on. We'll, we'll move on because that that's exact. I, I, there there are comments which kind of allude to that, and I I, I tend to agree with it. Haley mentioned too much possession at the back. Um, including Coleman, with the defence being quite static and slow. Coleman's distribution is slower than Baxter's. Um, but, 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 I, I'm not bloody surprised when he's got 4,000 people or however many it was billowing and, and booing and commenting. Just what? What are you doing? <laughs> and, and the thing. What, what from what I heard, it was people telling him to part to to distribute to players who who were quite clearly marked. There was nowhere for them to go. It was it was just farcical at times. It really was. It it wound me up no end. I don't know if anybody else heard it, um, but Jesus, the lad doesn't need it. He's stepping into the fold as as a deputy for an injured goalkeeper who's probably been our player of the season. And he doesn't need that. I mentioned it on Twitter before. I don't normally come out and make comments like that on Twitter, but I found it outrageous yesterday. And it was like it was it was audible. It was it was awful. Um, but there is a lack of communication amongst that circle, maybe Chris, because they haven't played as a unit together that much. Chris, sorry to interrupt you, mate. Yeah. Um, Liam's just hit the nail on the head. Can we bring that is comment up? Liam BWFC zero one. Yeah. They're our own worst enemies. What? Thinking back to having Chris on before, and I'm not, ooh, and I'm a lad, but going back to the Rioch era and going back to Burnham Park and going back to that era of football, and I've said it before, you back your players no matter what, um, and booing players off at half time. No. No. What is that? And the counter argument is well, if the football that's being presented to us isn't, you know, of the quality that we expect, then how are we meant to get excited about it? What is it? What what is it? Is it gladiator? Is it, you know, what <laughs> you know what I mean? You get behind pantomime, the time, isn't it? It's pantomime, yeah. Yeah, it's pathetic. So anyway, um, then we move on. Um, I can't even read my own writing here. Um, I write it down that quick. Professionally, um, not. Yeah, there's, there's, there's 50 people watching this professionally. Yeah, no pressure. But we missed the calmness of Rico, which we've already touched on. Um, I agree 
with that to a point, I think Gethin brings a level of that calmness and organisational skill to the back line. Um, Leslie mentions the lack of communication between Coleman and the back three. And also, is a backup needed for Coleman? Is Hutchinson up for that? It's a very valid Hutchinson's point. Hutchinson's still on loan at Marine. If, yeah. this injury, if this injury was to Baxter was that bad, he'd be back with us. And he's not. Yeah, yeah. But he's in a pot, though, isn't he? Yeah, but that's to protect it, isn't it? That doesn't mean he broke his arm. No, I'm no, quite aware of that. He's no, it's, yeah, it's... He's protecting protect it, it? a damaged ligament, but he's still talking about three weeks. Can't be that bad if he's in if, if he's um, all right, if he's all all right. back up. Right. Hang on a minute. Get rid of the pot. Right. I'll, I'll send an email to Ian Everett and the, 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 the medical <laughs> that, that, that pot's not needed. Uh, and Fee brings some sense to the conversation. But in all this madness, um, with Sam Hurd obviously leaving, uh, those who watch um, interviews and our podcast will know that Ian Everett isn't a defensive coach, believe it or not, even though he was a centre-half. Um, and Sam Hurd very much was. Mm. So maybe a combination of widespread injuries at the back to our goalkeeper and the departure of our defensive coach may also have a contributory factor to a dip in defensive quality, perhaps. I don't think it's something you can brush under the carpet. There is a transition taking place in the back room, as well as all these injuries that we're seeing. I thought it was an interesting. We did point. do. You could use that as an argument because we did do much better when Rico was out last season. We still managed to maintain an element of a defence. Will Anderson and MJ Williams. With Will Anderson and MJ Williams. Mm. So it's what it's. Yeah, it's a shout, isn't it? Like I'm not saying it's the sole factor, but no, I, but they all a, all those contributing factors lead to this. Don't they? We kept a lot of clean sheets this season, haven't we? With with yeah. our actual captain, mm. yeah. Looking back here, mm. we have kept a lot of clean sheets even since he left. I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, and this is with potentially or arguably a better goalkeeper. The better goalkeeper. Ooh, Chris Dawson. I, I think he is. I happen to think that that Nathan Baxter is a better goalkeeper. Than Bolton Wanderers than James Trafford. That's an interesting one. And on that but bombshell. On that bombshell, on that note, we will say goodbye for now. Uh, thank you very, very much for joining us. The chat has been as lively as ever. You are all un overwhelmingly appreciated. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for giving your thoughts, your feedback as we go through the episode. If you're watching back or listening back uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, if you're getting uh, the replay back on YouTube and you want to get involved, then if you head over to our socials, you can uh, find out everything you need to know about the live episodes and whatnot over there. Just before we finish, though, we have got... Uh, a recurring but very, very important message for you.
course, before we say goodbye, we would like to thank our incredible headline sponsor for the 2023-2024 season in Eco Warm Windows. We've said it before, we've said it again, and we will carry on saying it. Wonderful, wonderful people over there. Uh, and if you want to find out about any of our sponsors, including our new sponsors, uh, Wooden Grounds, then you can do exactly that over on our website, www.thefanzonepod.co. Just get your wood out. Okay, wood out. And if you want Chris's wood, then head over to Wooden Grounds' website and you can get a similar type yourself. And on that note, Chris, 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 you can show more than that. What else have you got? Come on. Show you another one. Show, show the guy. Show the guy. He's got double wood. So, also, we have coasters. Little wood. Beautiful, beautiful products. You could work on, you could work on, what's he called, that thing now? Hey, that's good. TVC. Yes. Yes. Playbacks. Somebody's just wood. There you go. Well, this is well, you can have little or big. Uh, if you want to find out those, then head over to the Wooden Grounds website or go through our website. And if you use the code Banzone, I don't even know what's just happened. <laughs> this was meant to be just a, a quick, nice little sign off before. You know, we we we, we bid farewell and and welcome ben, you back. Chris said to need to show my family. Well, I, I was desperate. We were so on track, and we got to about fifty nine <laughs> minutes thirty, and then Chris's word had to come out. But you know, hey, uh, Ben, can I ask a big favor of everybody? No, like, you can't. Like and subscribe to the podcast, please. And ding, 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 ding. On Amazon, on Apple. On Amazon. Apple. <laughs> Leave a review as well. See, it all goes wrong after an hour. It all goes wrong after an hour. Like, subscribe, share, comment, go and raise some money for our fundraiser, our sleep out, all of it. Head over to our socials, follow us, stay in touch. See you next week. Thank you. See you later. Would Bye. you buy a pen? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>